Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, I, just, I just got them. I just engaged them. But my issue is I gained two pounds. So now all my clothes are... I see you nodding at me. This is not an issue, honey. You I know, but I'm. So, you know, we're our, we're our worst critics. Mm-hmm. Sana, what did you say? Oh, I said. Oh, there's like feedback. Hey. Anyways, I was just like Linda's. Just like there's Magnum. I seem to. There's no issue. This is delicious. <laughs> Live your life. Eat your Magnum. Live your ice cream. life. Eat dessert first. We do not yeah. have to shrink ourselves. I know. I know. Do we have Pick to expand ourselves? Because that's what I've been doing. Take up space. <laughs> just be, just be loud. Just be mm-hmm. loud. Say what needs to be said. Do what needs to be done. Yes. Yes. All right. How bad is it? There's just a little feedback that we can hear our own voices, but. Okay. All right. Sorry, ladies. What? Mm. Oh, I better share. If we're going to start, I'll go put my ice cream Hello everyone, sorry for the wait, but we are here. And I want to introduce, in person, our very first guest here in the Hugh living room, on the couch, Sana Maboob, and thank you so much, Sana, for being here. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, you got a little taste of some of the technical issues that go around behind the scenes. But hey, we're here, and I want to open up the door to invite Rana and Linda. There is feedback. <laughs> I know there is feedback a little bit. Oh, okay. But you, you're fine. We're not. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> Hopefully we do have some technical people working right now, but can we live with this? <laughs> Ron is shaking your head. I find we'll make it work. <laughs> I find that sometimes if you like try muting yourselves and see if we get feedback still. No one's talking. No. no. Still get the feedback here. Oh, unmute yourselves. <laughs> well, we'll see how long this goes. All right. So I want to introduce Sana. And uh, this month is t- about new beginnings, but. You are brand new, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, thank you very much for having me. I'm just going to speak loud, and that's going to be my own strategy to drown my own feedback out. So that's, if you're like, why is Sana screaming? That's why, to drown my own voice out. Uh, yeah, so my name is Sana Mehboob, uh, born and partially raised in Pakistan. My family, my tiny little family and I, Uh, My brother, my parents, and I moved to Winnipeg when I was uh, in the the 90s. So Winnipeg has been home since then. Um, We did move back to Pakistan because we thought that this was, you know, 
this was the end of our new beginning in Canada, but we migrated right back <laughs> to Winnipeg and started another new beginning. Um, and my brother, you know, like we, we started university uh, and then our career started right here. So that's a little bit about myself. Yourself. And then you do have a, a pretty incredible job. I do have the pleasure of uh, being a public servant. So I work for the Government of Canada, for Prairies Economic Development Canada. It is, it's really been a privilege, and I don't mean this in a cliche or a cheesy way. It really has been a privilege to serve the community as a public servant, especially during COVID. Part of the the um, uh, Prairie Scans mandate is to fund money. Excuse me. It's the feedback that's throwing me off. <laughs> I know. Is to fund businesses and and boost the economy in the West. So especially during the pandemic, where businesses were struggling to, you know, put food to keep their lights on, put food on their table, keep their staff employed. Um, that's where we were able to to work with them and um, and 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 fund certain businesses. Um, not certain businesses, a lot of businesses. So that is uh, that is my day. That is my day job. I can and hear myself even more we now. We do have sound. So Logan is going to time out. Get rid of the feedback. Yay! Dun dun dun. dun, dun, dun. Oh. <laughs> Yay! It worked. Oh, wow. way better. Okay. All right. Now we just need to adjust the audio a little bit yes. in the studio, but hey, uh, thank you to Graham, Mike, Logan behind the scenes that have managed now to fix the problem. I won't, I won't make you do this all again. No, that's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys get the gist. That's I who I am. Yeah, that's who you are. That's how she rolls. Um, but you know what's really interesting too? Not only your new uh, your background, but talking about new beginnings and how many times you know you start yourself over. And let's start the conversation about starting or reinventing yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And how hard is that, or is it hard? That's a. I love this question. I really actually like honestly had to pause and reflect because how often do we? you know, really have the, the opportunity to pause and reflect. So um, I feel like this question is can go so many different ways, right? A new beginning for me was different as a child moving to Canada. Then a new beginning beginning became different as a student embarking mm -hmm. on an academic career uh, to my first job to, you know, like just certain milestones in life are feel like a new beginning. But the new beginning could be different for, you know, a parent um, having their firstborn or mm -hmm. someone possibly going through a bad, uh, bad breakup or, or starting a new business. So um, new beginnings are just, we're, we're surrounded by them. And I'm, I'm really, really excited to, that that is our topic of conversation today. Well, and I think especially coming out of what we've been living in in the last couple of years, and let's get... Linda and Rana to kind of comment too. What does new beginnings mean to you, Linda? Okay, great question. I love this. And great earrings, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, what does reinvention? You know, I I think it's it's uh, something that we can do at any moment of our lives. We can choose to reinvent ourselves. It's really a decision. It's a decision that we make, you know, that we want to be different than how we've been. One of the ways that I um, I work with clients, so I'm a I'm a business coach, and I have clients who are in business, creatives. And I'm helping them with all sorts of mindset um, hurdles and creating goals and looking to the future. And it's often around reinvention. Often they have they come to me when they are have hit a point where they are just they can't move forward. They're just stuck. They're like I I <laughs> I've done I've tried all the things I've read all the books I'm still I can't move forward. And so we go through a process together of reinvention and often that can be 
as simple as telling themselves, I'm the type of person who gets things done. You know, just little thought processes that, you know, we replace with the old thoughts. You know, the old thoughts can be like, I never finish things. I try things and I don't, you know, I get halfway and I give up or, you know, uh, things never work out for me. Those kind of negative um, thought patterns we replace with thoughts that are very simple, but they take practice and they are things like, yeah, I'm the type of person who, you know, get stuff done. I'm the type of person who does not give up. I'm the type of person who, you know, sets a goal and finishes it. And that is the reinvention that they are working towards. And, you know, we do all sorts of steps along the way. Um, but I think it really is a decision. It's a decision that you often come to when you're sick and tired of yourself <laughs> making the same old choices over and over again kind of spinning your wheels and you just hit a point where you're like nope done i can't do this anymore there's got to be a better way um so yeah it's it's uh it's it's an exciting time and usually our biggest challenge is not ourselves although it can be it's usually other people's perception of us when we try and change and reinvent ourselves and everyone's like hang on no 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 stay the same, keep doing what you've been doing. Doesn't matter if you're miserable, like we just want you to stay the same. Um, so our, our biggest challenge can sometimes be the people around us. Hmm. That's interesting. Have you had that? No, you're fine. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, interesting. I, I love Linda's perspective because I, as she's speaking, I'm kind of putting myself in those situations. I'm sure we've all been pigeonholed, um, you know, one way or another in our in our lives. I'm confident that may have been the case at a previous job. I've been very, very fortunate to have mm -hmm. a family that's incredibly supportive, to have a network around me that's incredibly supportive. Um, so I feel like uh, that part I'm good, but it might be that self battle. So the other way around, like I yeah. might be my own problem at times on like, do I want to get out of this comfort zone? Oh, it took me so long to get here and get comfortable. What's the next step? And, but, but that just comes with growth, right? Or, or growth comes with that getting out of that comfort zone and, uh, and challenging yourself. Um, so yeah, but you're absolutely right. Cause I can think of numerous uh, examples where, yeah, I do feel like the people around certain people are, could be the problem. Yeah. And then doesn't that get into, right, the negative people, right? The people that want to bring you down and, yeah. you know, and that's another part, right? To try and, you know, if you're reinventing yourself is to break away too as well. But for you, Rana, what yeah. does new, yeah. Go ahead. One of, one of my favorite things about that is, you know, with, with if people are, you know, critical or, or negative, one of my favorite things that I like to think is people are allowed to be wrong about me. <laughs> <laughs> they could be wrong about me. I can I can live with that. They can be wrong. Let them have their own thoughts and feelings. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's a that's a good way of looking at things too as well. Well, let's uh, see what Rana. What about you? New beginnings? Yeah, you know, I had a little a little different uh, perspective from from my end. I, um, you know, I think that just as human beings, um, we life is about growth. Like we we are meant to constantly evolve and grow and learn from experiences and then take the next step. Um, you know, so there there, it's not life without constant change. It's not life without constant. Um, ups and downs. And I think, you know, there's so many social constructs um, in regards to that, you know, and I think, you know, in, in previous lives, and I think for my parents' generation, people just got one job and they did what they did until the end of time. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's all they knew. It didn't matter if their passions were being fulfilled or, you know, their, their, their heart's desires were being met. They were just 
there to survive and make it work for their families and sacrifice whatever they could. Um, but I think that, you know, it, it's a generational shift. It's a generational thing where, um, you know, we are more, more willing to, to have different challenges, uh, you know, bring, bring into our lives different challenges and uh, make different decisions. But at the end of the day, you know, I think that this whole idea that we can't continuously change, that we can't continuously fail and then get up again, you know, these are very much Western social constructs in my world. I think that, that you know, there's, there's many places in the world where you would just be able to continue on and do what you do, right? And uh, there's no judgment from other people or you just kind of, I'm not saying there wouldn't be full judgment, but I'm just saying we're strong enough to kind of overcome all the negativity and everything else and then go to the next step. Um, so I think it's more of a personal thing. I think we live in a world where uh, people expect authenticity. And I think that's the only way you can present yourself as an authentic woman or person or whatever else is to continuously self-reflect on what's working for you and what's not working for you. Um, but that's not to say that, like, I'm very much affected by negative comments, right? Like, I, it bugs me. And I think definitely Linda's comment, I'll be put, keeping that in my head uh, for sure. But at the same time, you know, do those comments paralyze you so you're not going to move? Or is it going to be more of a motivation to keep moving forward, right? Um, because change is constant. Like, the, you know, we live in a world, look at the last three years, Nobody could have imagined that we would have to pivot the way that we did, whether it was in our businesses, our family lives, or, you know, our relationships with children and family things, everything changed. And um, <clears throat> I think if there was ever a time to, um, you know, really grasp onto that and, you know, propel it into a very normal thing that we do now, it'd be great because things aren't going to always be the same. Things are going to be very challenging. And, um, you know, we're, we're really bound by a lot of, you know, outside forces, but what we can control is our own self-reflection. You know what I mean? And it doesn't mean that you have to love your job. It means that you can come home and find that passion that's going to fulfill that part of your heart. And it doesn't mean, you know, like, it doesn't have, like, nobody is ever going to have every part of their life fulfilled. I think it's a very, very, um, you know, long shot that that happens, but I think we can, we can fill holes in some places. If one thing's not working, maybe we can find something else to fill it. But uh, I just see it more as a journey than, you know, anything else. But, you know, the fear of failure is, is real life. Fear of fail failure is real life. I think our self-talk, like Linda said, uh, is very damaging, you know, and I think we grew up in the world. I think before we even got on, I was like talking about my hair and my makeup. And, you know, I wouldn't say that to Desana and I wouldn't say it to Linda and I wouldn't say that to Trace, right? But you'd say it to yourself, so. So I think there's just a lot of different components to the whole to the whole conversation. But starting new is good. Sometimes it's good. It's hard. It's very hard. Um, but I think ultimately it's more positive than negative. If you can push through that journey where it's so devastatingly hard and you feel that sense of loss because something's changing. But yeah, that's where my head's at when it comes to this conversation. Oh. <laughs> Well, like listening to everybody, and I, and, and just because you're here in person, and this is what the whole conversation is, okay. And I don't know, maybe I'm the only one, but I think right now, I just feel a kind of like a mmm kind of feeling, just about how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to support this group or how we're supposed to look at these things and how you know how politically correct uh, you know what are the proper things um, and to say and do and you know even doing a show like this what is safe to talk about that's not going to upset someone else and I mean you just kind of relate it back to everyday life your head just gets overwhelmed and you know and then that can spill in obviously to mental health and wellness mm -hmm. but sauna like i mean okay you were just at the winnipeg women's conference talking to all of these women and it's just like you know all these things bombarding your brains yeah ah well yeah it's a it's a kind of a cool privileged position to be in right so when we initially went into the pandemic, it was only going to be a couple of weeks, guys. We got this. No big deal. Hang tight. Go, you know, get some groceries. 
a year goes by, two years go by, and people are just, that's the new beginning of, of the pandemic life, right? So um, it might be a little bit of the mindset. It is overwhelming to kind of get back into the the norm, but, you know, like little things like, oh, yes, I have to take aside a little extra time to to commute somewhere or I have to, you know, maybe I have to be a little sensitive and not make a comment about one thing because God knows what someone has gone through during the last few years or just ge in general in their life. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, I don't know if this is a product, me being a product of my upbringing or, you know, uh, my community work, but I'm always... I always feel like I'm, I'm dotting my I's and I'm crossing my T's and I'm being cautious and careful, but that's also more so coming from the heart. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want to offend anybody, right? Like it, I don't like being offended. Um, I'm sure I've been offended, but I don't want to have to, you know, return that favor. So it is, um, but I think that's going to be like an ongoing constant battle, even, you know, year four out of this pandemic, you know, hopefully, um, we're, there's always going to be something. And I, I can't recall who made the comment, but you know, you're constantly, no one likes negative comments, but you cannot, you really just cannot please everybody. So mistakes are going to happen. And I think we all have to give each other that space mm -hmm. to make the mistakes, whether it's allowing for technical difficulties before the beginning of a program, or, you know, whatever it may be, we just have to be mindful, I think, and just be a little as much as we're, we're cautious and careful about ourselves and what we may say and, and what we may not want to say, I think it's, it's, it'd be nice to just allow people space to, to kind of come on their own and make, and, and make their mistakes and grow and learn from it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and just be understanding about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Linda, do you feel? <laughs> oh, there's so much here. I, I know, know I know. <laughs> it's kind of hard to jump in. <laughs> well, you know, um, I think, Sana, you were saying, um, it's, you can't please everyone. Mm -hmm. And if you are, as Rana said, living an authentic life, you're going to have views um, that you feel passionate about. And certainly a lot of people are gonna disagree with them, but that's, you know, that's okay. People aren't gonna like the fact that I'm, you know, a, a feminist and, pro LGBTQ plus and, you know, trans lives matter and, um, you know, anti-racist, uh, uh, matters like a lot of that stuff, people are going to be like, you know, they, they don't want to hear that. But does that mean that I then hold back because I'm afraid to offend? No, as it, like we were saying about this before, um, the, uh, the program started, you know, women, I think, need to um, challenge themselves to take up space and speak louder mm -hmm. and at the risk of offending. You know, there's, instead of holding back, you know, which we were taught as we grew up, we were socialized, make sure everyone's supported, be nice, don't, you know, certainly include everyone, don't ruffle feathers. Um, be, you know, be, be sweet, be kind to everyone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, that, that's lovely, but if you've got a political agenda or if you have a, uh, you know, a dream you're trying to manifest, that's not the best advice. It's not the best way to get things done. Uh, some of us do have to be shit disturbers. Some of us have to rock the boat. Rana, I know you, you like to rock your boats every now and then. <laughs> More often than not. <laughs> And I love people who do that. I'm like, I just think, oh, I just, I, I so you talk next because I, you but, always have. You, you know what though, uh, so, and I apologize for interrupting you. I just, oh, the oh, thought oh. came into my my mind. Um, for me, like, and you know, how long have we been on the show? And I'm, all, I always feel like I'm the one who's kind of like 
you know, just being the a-hole, excuse my language, and just being like, ah, I don't think so. Um, but the truth of the matter is, that is something that I've had to teach myself. I've had to teach myself that it's okay to have a position uh, based on values that I think should be reflected in this world. I think that um, we should be able to have very open conversations about racialized issues. We should be ha having open conversations about uh, intersectional um, racism, systemic issues, uh, indigenous issues, any issue that has somehow affected and really like cancer has invaded our society and we're kind of living in it. Uh, because it's not really for us. I mean, look, I'm 44, I'm probably dead in like 30 years. At the end of the day, there's people coming behind us who would, I would hope that we've created a world that it is norm not to be those things. It is normal not to be racist. It is normal not to be sexist or ageist or, um, you know, homophobic or all these, you know, values that somehow trickle down into our world. Um, and those are the issues where I speak passionately about because I'm not trying to fill a role. I'm just speaking my truth. You know, I'm just speaking my truth and uh, going back to just being as authentic as you can, as scary as that is, it's also very empowering, you know, because it is very scary because you know, every time you open your mouth, there's going to be somebody at you. But it's also very empowering because I know that when I put my head on the pillow at night, um, I haven't taken a step that would cause intentional harm to another group of people or another human being. And perhaps they needed someone or I needed to say those words. So uh, I, I love it. I think it's a beautiful conversation and it should be had. And that's why the Hue, <clears throat> you know, what started as the Hue crew that is now, you know, um, you know, transformed into the Hue living room. How many conversations have we had that norm that everyone else was too afraid to have? Um, and that's why it's so powerful. And that's why it's so incredible to have people who are like-minded, especially strong women you know, especially strong intersectional women uh, to come out and speak truth and to speak, you know, literally truth to power at all times, um, because that's how we change. That's how things shift, you know, because yeah. people will make you afraid. They'll try to scare you out of doing anything. So I'm going to piggyback on this right over here um, because I feel like my answer was very PC and then Linda's like, F this, and Rhonda's like, F that. If I had a table, I'd flip it, right? So um, make no mistake. Make no mistake. I absolutely, you know, do not mean dodgeress, cross your T's if the world is coming at you like a dog with a bone. I wake up every day choosing violence. That is my knee-jerk reaction is to fight versus flight like that is my absolute reality and I've had to temper myself over the years as I've matured now in my 30s it's taken a lot of work to recognize that communication is a key to a lot of things right so bad communication will end a lot of good things good communication will build a bridge between a lot of negative things and, and have a positive you know a potential to turn it into positive so I repeat, I wake up every day choosing violence and I have to actively work on being a calm, collected person. And I've curated a world around me where it supports that behavior. So, and I've, I've built a platform where I can use it to promote whatever my agenda is, whether it's, you know, being anti-racist or whether it's being, you know, pro-feminism or whether it's being, you know, diversity, inclusion, um, adversity, um, promo about pro about it so um it takes a lot of work and, I, and you spoke about the winnipeg women's conference my goodness like what an amazing place to be and and having the honor of being there speaking and, and connecting with women i remember at one point there was a question i was like it'll be okay right and i was like i don't mean it as a blanket statement like it'll be fine don't worry about it like no, it takes a lot of work to get there. And this mm -hmm. is true for regardless of where you are in your life, in your career, in your age. It takes a lot of work to get to it. And it's it's only going to get better should you mm -hmm. learn from it, right? So I just wanted to piggyback on what these lovely ladies were saying. And, I love and it. close with that. I love it. <laughs> Sonny, can you talk about, sorry, can I just jump in? Can you talk about um, how that experience, like how do you, like how, when, when you're, 
you know, you, you did mention it's a privilege to be asked to speak um, at these various events, uh, you know, and, and, I, and I've been watching and I, I love the way that you utilize your platform um, because it's incredibly empowering, you know, um, but like, what's your thought process when you're going onto a stage like the women's conference? Like, what were you, were you, were you thinking, okay, you know, like I have to, these are the points that I have to hit or were you, you know what, I, I want to send this message. And if so, what was that message that you wanted to deliver that day? Like, what were you, what, you know, cause I wasn't there, but yeah. I really wish I was. <laughs> I would have loved to have heard you. And she had to fill 20 minutes too as well. <laughs> I was like, blah, 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 blah. No, um, no, that's a good question. So I find, uh, I, oh, like I, preparation is key for me. So if I have to but circumstances, right? So if I have to stand at a podium and give a 20-minute speech or a five-minute speech or a one-minute speech, I will prepare, prepare, prepare. I This is where my dotting my I's, crossing my T's comes in, right? Like I will, but this also goes back to how I was as a student. Like I would just prepare, 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 present, 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 right? So um, it depends on, on the audience and the circumstance. So um, going into speech mode, I will practice, I will and I'll put together a speech straight from the heart so it's, I can relate to it, I can hit the points, and I will prepare so I can, I also prefer kind of like looking up at the audience versus constantly looking down, right? But that's just what I prefer. Um, but for that conference, I, like, I was nervous because I was like, you know, I, I looked at, I know what our community is capable of. I know there's, there are powerful impactful women right here look at my circle circle right here right I know what this community is capable of and then I was kind of peeking through the attendee list and I was like what can I possibly share with this group of superhero women that they don't already know right so I knew that I want I, I was nervous because I wanted the audience to get the most out of it so I did not over prepare I think the preparation was just kind of calming myself and going with the flow of the conversation. Because I think if I overprepared, I'd probably just, you could probably see it, right? Just, they'd be like, what is she thinking about? She's blanked out because then I'm going to be thinking about my notes. So I just kind of, it was just really easy and the audience was so gracious. Our moderator was amazing. You know, the person interviewing you, that matters a lot. Like they just make you feel comfortable and you just vibe off of the other uh, panelists and the audience that were there. So did not super prepare except for just calming my nerves and uh like I couldn't sleep the night before because I was like how what can I possibly share with this uh with this group so um so yeah it, it, it just depended on uh, on the audience and I I sincerely hope um that the audience got something out of it even a nugget of information um that was beneficial for them so if you hear something Rana let me know <laughs> no I just I just wanted to really what I was trying to, and I love it. And I appreciate your, your honesty in that, um, you know, so, so just private life. So me, me and Sana have been, we're now soul sisters. We've decided in life that we're going to be soul sisters. Accurate. But one thing I picked up from you right away was how effective your communication is. And you kind of hit on that before. And you've also mentioned, you know, how important that that skill is to be able to effectively communicate. And I think that I really was just kind of wanting, like, that's really what I was, was, was talking about was that you, even in that moment, you were such an effective communicator, not because you sat there with notes, but because you had trained yourself uh, in a way that, you know, no matter what you said in the moment, without even thinking about it, it was going to come out beautifully and powerfully and empowering. And I just wanted to, you know, you know, shout out to you because I, I do, I do have watched you for a while and I, I think you're an amazing communicator, you know. Thank well, you. and that's so important. Um, so thinking about that and maybe Linda, I'll get you to chime in and then Sana. So we're sitting here and, and yes, you're talking about giving your speech and you're talking to women and I know that I've had the experience too and it is easy in a way to talk to other women. I find it really hard talking to men and like and even and I'll and we're being open here like even talking to my husband Kevin I can sit here and I can talk and we can talk about 
politics, we can talk about, you know, um, feminism, and I've you know, had these wonderful conversations, but when I come to actually having a conversation with him, it's like... I gotta remember what Linda said. Oh my God, Sana's saying all this. Eh. Eh. I don't know. What is it? Well, we, we're socialized very differently. Like that. I mean, that is. We're just. We we we're socialized completely differently. So we don't have. We really are coming at it from a very different perspective, and, you know, I mean. I'll put it. Uh, my work right now, I mean, my clients are women. Most of the networking that I do is with women. And I love it. I last night, this is like, this is my ideal. So there was a networking event at Gravity Lingerie. Do you know the one on yes. Stafford? Oh my okay. goodness, they're beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So this is my idea of women in business networking. I showed up there, it was five o'clock, there was champagne all ready to go, beautiful food, and all of us were either trying on bras or talking about business. This to me <laughs> is beautiful. And it's, it, to me, I, I was actually writing about this, I was writing an email uh, to my list um, tonight and we don't have to conduct ourselves anymore like we you know business that used to get conducted on the golf courses and in the boardrooms where women were really not welcome we are being able to reinvent business and 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 reinvent women in the workforce and in the economy in a way that speaks to us that makes sense to us that prioritizes things that we value and um i think that's very exciting i think that's that we're really um at a very pivotal moment in history i think you know may you live in interesting times i think we are living in a fascinating time of life it's hard and it's beautiful um but we really have this opportunity to reinvent communication, reinvent our business style, reinvent what is, uh, what we take to the politicians to say, this is important to us. Okay. And whether that's like finding a good bra or it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's daycare for sure. You know, we need daycare for our kids so that women can re-enter the workforce i think there was there's still 500 thousand women in canada that left the workforce that did not come back from the pandemic yeah. and we need those women's skills and talents and abilities back in the workforce but we need childcare. and that's right? interesting Five hundred thousand women how can we like they need help not even just a job but just they need help just being yeah right that's yeah. scary uh there's so many thoughts swirling in my head so um <laughs> men men yeah no i mean it in a in a you know the reality of when you, when you speak to your husband like mm -hmm. his world is completely different from your world right so mm -hmm. context that you may have he's just like i don't from the top tracy from the top start from the top <laughs> give me all the context and go right and he's just eating and you're like da -da -da -da, talking so it may seem like you're talking at him versus having a conversation so i think relationships are totally like that's probably like an entirely different segment because <laughs> i know i know <laughs> i think i don't know what he thinks i think we're, we're plotting to take over the government or something and <laughs> you may ha want to have him join um the I show actually so. like interview so. call him in here i know i know he's overheard some of our conversations <laughs> and he's going what are you talking about and it's just like it's normal you're like tune in to find out yeah i know um <laughs> no i um I, I think some of us may have grown up in kind of like a man's world, right? Um, but 
so that may again imp impact the way we approach them but at the same time you know I, I grew up with an older brother who you know um kind of like him and I have this I would never say this, this this to his face of course he's gonna watch but you know my brother is incredible and he's he's like the typical big brother where he's there when you need him my father incredible um <laughs> There are, are not enough words to describe. I know I speak about communications and being an effective communicator. I don't have enough communication skills to describe what an impeccable man my father is or what a father he is. I know Rana's relationship with her father was just heartwarming, right? So you know what kind of men she grew up around. I know what kind of men I grew up around. So you begin to understand, you know, most of these men, like, a, what to expect from a man. I don't mean from like a chivalrous perspective. I mean from like a respect perspective. Um, and also like, frankly, so in, in my undergrad, I, I used to work at, uh, at Grafton and Company, which was like this like high-end yes. men's suit store. Yeah. And at that time I learned, and before that, I, speaking of bras, I worked at La Senza. So that's what my undergrad consisted of. And you know, I saw women in retail and I saw men in retail. And, and I mean this in a respectful way to the men that are watching. You guys are so simple. Like they're just, they're just so black and white. They just, they're just so walk in, I wanna suit the end. This is a, a very simplified example um, and may not work in boardrooms, but this is a very simplified example of women walk in and I'm one of them, like underwear flying all over and like, you know, bras flying all over and like, no, I look fat in this, but actually you look impeccable. A man will never say I look fat in this suit. Like, so I think there's like, there's a bit of a psychology in men and women and how we approach them. So, but I mean, as far as relationships are concerned, I'm going to tune in to the, the, well, I'm going to tune into all the episodes, but I'm tuning in to when you have Kevin here on the couch because that'll be really how do you you know manage to have a phenomenal relationship to two children who are doing well maintaining a great relationship I think there's a lot more to be maybe like you know you don't need everyday consistent communication maybe that's maybe well, that's, that's the key true. I mean yeah when we've known each other for way too long so it's almost like through osmosis we know but I, yeah, I don't, I don't know, and, and Linda, you're right, you know, it's sort of like the era that you've grown up in, and we you know, but then if we take it all back to what we're talking about, new beginnings, how do we change, mm -hmm. you know? Um, Could hard. you, yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to think about, like, if I want something from my brother, uh, you know, I mean, he, he has his life, he's married, and he's got his own world, and my, you know, father, of course, he's in his retired years, and he's, but make no mistake, right, I tell my dad I want something, he's like there at the drop of the dime, right? With my brother, I would have to communicate differently to him and be like, this is a context, this is what I need. And he'll be like, do it yourself, because it's so petty, right? And I'm like, like, the other day I asked him to open a jar because my hands were slippery, and I don't mean this, like I'm powerful, but my hands were slippery, and he just like looked at me like, you're better than this, you can open your own jar. And I'm like, you're right, but in this moment, I really just I need, need you to open no. this freaking jar because my hands are wet from, you know, Doing other things, cooking. So, um, but you're right. dare, yeah, dare I say, just it may come down to communication and uh, and allowing that space, because um, and meeting people where they are, possibly, because there are times, and if we want to use like a work example, there are times where in my formal former life, I had a a manager who I just did not jive with, like I did not jive with, and I couldn't understand why. Can you know? Pre, like my managers are Grafton, suits retail, yep. men, totally fine. In you know career, I had female management, totally fine. So it was just like it was actually the first time, probably in my life or career, where I was like, what is this person's problem? Like it's not me. I am never. Yeah. I've never had this problem. In this case, it wasn't me, but whatever. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it <laughs> probably is time and space for me to pause. And actually, that's what I did do. I did. I had to pause and kind of just meet him where he was. I had to observe kind of like, you know, like a hunter approaching its prey. Like I just I had to observe and watch him in his natural surroundings. I just happened to know his wife and I watched how he, you know, approached and treated his own wife. So I was like, oh, if he treats her like that, then I can't expect much professionalism out of towards myself right so um 
a lot of times it's it's yeah. not you it's probably the other person but it it would it doesn't hurt to just pause and perhaps self-reflect because I'm sure for that one example where it wasn't me there's been probably countless examples where I probably was the problem and and you know I had to pause and reflect to deal with it and well, communicate around it well I mean that's that's self-awareness too isn't it too to kind of be aware of what you're you're doing too as well I don't know yeah Rana <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah but I'm with the I don't know I, I'm the kind of I'm just always going to assume the problem lies within everybody else. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, I think, uh, you know, Sana's right. Like you have to, you meet people where they're at, you know, and uh, some people legitimately just don't have capacity. They just don't have the skills or <clears throat> the thought process or the lens. You know, and I talk about this often, we, we function and we kind of maneuver through the world based on our own life experiences and the lens through which we view the world based on our own experiences. And sometimes people just can't mesh. It just, mm -hmm. it's just not something that they can understand. And, <clears throat> you know, I go back and every time, every single time on this show that I've said, you know, the only way to approach these things is taking an intersectional approach. That's why I'm constantly saying that it's because, you know, once we kind of get a grasp on that approach, that lens, um, everything will start to make sense, right? Because it, not everything can be viewed through the current structures. It just doesn't work. It's not working for a lot of people. So, <clears throat> and where it may have worked in the past, it's just not going to work anymore. But yeah, you meet people where they're at and it goes from everything. It goes to politics, it goes to law, it goes to everything else, you know? So it, it goes to the Academy Awards. Oh. <laughs> hey, I wasn't going to say. I was wondering who was going to bring that, that up. I am. <laughs> the, no, Grammys were, the Grammys were boring compared to the Academy Awards. <laughs> Nobody got slapped. Yeah, um, I know. No, but you know what? It, it made me think of what you were saying, Rana, because, um, you know, watching that interaction, that communication or lack thereof that was on the stage, um, and of course, the outpouring that happened the next day, one of the things that I was reminded of by several people was to be quiet and let black women speak on this issue. Even though, you know, I mean, I've got all my opinions. It was a very good reminder to not look at it from a black and white, from my experience, right? Like, as you were saying, Rana, like my experience, you know, my little, little world that's going, you know, oh, violence is wrong, you know, like never violence. And, but, but holding that in and then listening to it from, uh, from a view of a black woman, a black woman's hair, uh, race, how that was playing out, it was really, good uh, advice and sometimes mm -hmm. the best communication is knowing when your opinion does not matter and I think as a white woman I've been taught that my opinion matters all the time and to be you know reminded this isn't for you to comment on right now it was very very good uh, good message so yes oh, that's a that's an amazing message that's a really yeah. that's awesome Wow. And it's true, yeah. you know, it's true. You, you speak to, uh, you speak in places where, where you're, where you need to be heard. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, like I'll just, so I, we were talking about, I was telling you about that, you know, I never jump into committees. I never, I, I don't, you know, and there's been a, you know, a list of things um, that have happened throughout the years and you know I've read about it in the news and I kind of was like oh, okay well someone's going to jump in and speak to it and like I told you there was that um, you know the code of conduct for taxi drivers which I mean I son and me were talking about that the other day like I I'm enraged you know like I'm I'm legitimately very upset about this um, you know so I just signed up and I've never had before and I just signed up this morning and I was like no man like I'm gonna go I, I need to go and speak speak to this and um 
you know, but from, from me, not only am I speaking to it as a BIPOC woman, woman, but I'm also speaking to it from a perspective of, you know, bridge building, you know, we need these communities to start building bridges and you can't do that if, if one group of people refuse to take accountability for actions, like you, it, it doesn't work. So, so just like you're saying, you know, sometimes there, there's places where we have to jump in some sometimes there's places where we're really uncomfortable, but we have to, we, 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 we must uh, step in and kind of have those conversations. But um, that, that whole thing, I had to kind of look away with the Will Smith and Chris Rock thing. I, I don't know why it was, I just had to look away. I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't engage in it. I couldn't uh, watch all the news about it. I just had to check out, <sighs> you know. And yes. Sally, you're nodding your head, so I think you probably felt what I was feeling. Oh, totally. That was on a Sunday, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was out celebrating my birthday. I couldn't care less about celebrity nonsense or really anyone's nonsense. I was out celebrating me. So, um, <laughs> and it wasn't until, like, the end of my birthday where people, like, phones are kind of going off, and they're like, what? And I was like, mm, but have you seen my balloons? Because I'm obsessed <laughs> with balloons. It's my day. So after midnight, you guys can talk about other people. I didn't say that, but um, yeah, no, I, I really, I just had to drown that out because there's just, there's, there is so much to this world other than, you know, celebrity s- drama. No, that that's true. And it's over with, like I said, it's hopefully whatever it is happens, happens, but you know, it'll be on to the next thing. I just want to quickly though say happy Ramadan. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And amazing. I know that Rana, you've kind of given a tutorial of, you know, for us, but you know, Sana was saying the same thing. So good on you ladies. And uh, I feel really bad because it's now almost eight and uh, eight o'clock. And that means uh, dinner, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. You guys need to have a feast. Yes. So um, thank you so much, Linda, for joining us tonight, and Rana, really appreciate it. And hey, if you haven't already, you can go online to lenardtaylor.com and do some spring shopping. Thank you, Lenard. He's in Toronto and I think Chicago for a big um, fashion week. And uh, it's great that everybody's back in person, so wonderful. And if you go through in your first time, you go to the cash, go I Like You 20, mm-hmm. and you get 20% off. So there you go. Woo-hoo. Perfection. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now that I have to be outside of my pajamas, I might have to yes. wardrobe up for well, sure. Well, thank you so much to you, Sana, for being my first guest. It's uh, been wonderful. I, the so pleasure awesome. is a thousand percent mine. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Everybody out there, thanks for joining us in the Hugh living room. All right. We'll okay. Have a good night, you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Sana. Talk Bye. to you later. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.